welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's May 9th, 2019, and this is episode 21. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the Crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. New in theaters this week, we've got four films. First up is Pokemon Detective Pikachu, which is an action comedy from Warner Brothers. The Pokemon phenomenon is really something. Um, it was launched in 1996 with, uh, you know, all the trading cards. Now there's an animated series. They've got a bunch of movies that they've put out, uh, books, comics, toys, all sorts of merchandise, and then, of course, um, apps. Uh, you know, that Pokemon Go app that you put on your phone? Uh, they've had over a hundred excuse me, 850 million downloads for that thing, um, which is, you know, crazy, uh, amazing. So uh, in this movie, Pikachu, that little yellow character uh, that's kind of the trademark of, of uh, Pokemon, is a, a computer-generated character. He's voiced by the actor Ryan Reynolds. Here's the official summary of the film. The story begins when Ace Private Eye Harry Goodman goes mysteriously missing, prompting his 21-year-old son Tim to find out what happened. Aiding in the investigation is Harry's former Pokemon partner, Detective Pikachu, a hilarious, wisecracking, adorable super sleuth who is a puzzlement even to himself. Finding that they are uniquely equipped to communicate with one another, Tim and Pikachu join forces on a thrilling adventure to unravel the tangled mystery. Chasing clues together through the neon-lit streets of Rhyme City, a sprawling modern metropolis where humans and Pokemon live side-by-side in a hyper-realistic live-action world, they encounter a diverse cast of Pokemon characters and uncover a shocking plot that could destroy this peaceful coexistence and threaten the whole Pokemon universe. This seems like kind of a, uh, I guess, an interesting take on on, on a, a Pokemon kind of story. And, you know, I think for Pokemon fans, it could be it could be a lot of fun. Uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu is rated PG by the Motion Picture Association of America for action, peril, some rude and suggestive humor, and thematic elements. Next up is the film Tolkien, which is from Fox Searchlight Pictures. And Tolkien explores the, the uh, I guess, earlier formative years of the renowned author J.R.R. Tolkien uh, as he finds friendship, courage, and inspiration among a fellow group of writers and artists at school. Uh, their brotherhood strengthens as they grow up and weather love and loss together, including Tolkien's tumultuous courtship with his beloved Edith Braff. Uh, until the outbreak of of uh, World War One, which threatens to tear their friendship apart, uh, all these experiences would later inspire Tolkien to write his famous Middle Earth novels. So, it just sounds like it's really an interesting exploration on on uh, what inspired Tolkien to write uh, the Lord of the Rings. So, 
Uh, Tolkien is rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association of America for some sequences of war violence. Next up is Palms from STX Entertainment. It uh, appears to be a comedy drama. It's about a woman played by Diane Keaton, who, at least from the trailers, appears to have, have some kind of terminal illness or, or something. You know, it's, it's unclear, but but she moves into a retirement community with the expectation she's just going to die. Uh, but, uh, again, the course of events of the film leads her to start a cheerleading squad with her fellow uh, geriatric residents. Um, and, and uh, you know, maybe it's kind of like bring it on for older people. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Palms is rated PG-13 for some language and sexual references. All right, then we've got uh, The Hustle, which is a comedy from MGM. This stars Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. They are female scam artists, and uh, they team up to take down um, some uh, men who have wronged them. This film might look familiar. It's uh, like a gender-swapped revival of the 2004 film Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which starred Steve Martin and Michael Caine. Also, you know, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels has been turned into a Broadway musical. Um, it's it's a it's a funny story that the that 2004 film is a funny film. Just as a bit of trivia, it's Dirty Rotten Scoundrels was a, a remake of, of a 1964 comedy called Bedtime Stories that starred Marlon Brando. But uh, anyway, the hustle with looks like it really could be um, funny. Again, this uh, this bit of a comic slash it's like a remake, uh, or uh, again just a gender swapped version of this story. Um, but you know this as the press materials say uh the story of two con artists trying to swindle money away from the rich is a tale as old as time and it's not going out of style anytime soon so the hustle is rated pg-13 by the motion picture association of america uh, for crude sexual content and language it looks like it's going to be pretty funny i think that's definitely one i uh, i, I want to check out so four films pokemon detective pikachu Tolkien, Palms, and The Hustle, new in theaters this week. For Classic Cinema Corner... I'd like to talk about the classic film Citizen Kane. I've been going through 52 films that are talked about in a, in a great book from Turner Classic Movies called The Essentials, 52 Must-See Movies and Why They Matter. Um, it's, it's by the, the film historian Jeremy Arnold. And so I've just been trying to watch one of these movies a week. And, uh, you know, I've put some stuff in my blog, and I've also talked about some of these films in, in, in the podcast here. But this week's film was, was uh, 
1941 classic Citizen Kane. And I've seen this movie before. And it's, it's you know, on many people's lists as, as really one of the best films ever made. And uh, it's one film that I can't say that I necessarily love, but I respect. However, it's getting better with multiple viewings. I had a chance to see it on the big screen last year. And then this rewatch on TV, I think, helped me start to see this film in, in, uh, in, in some different ways. Jeremy Arnold has some interesting things to say about it. So I, I just thought I'd quote here um, how what he, what he, just a couple of things that he mentions in, in his essay in his book, The Essentials. Routinely called the greatest movie of all time, Citizen Kane is certainly among the most influential. Its technical innovations were so profound that they have long since become part of the fabric of filmmaking. This is not to say that this was the first movie ever to use such lauded techniques as deep focus photography, visible ceilings, miniatures, exaggerated set design, extreme low angles, multiple points of view, non-linear non -linear order, orderings of flashbacks, and overlapping dialogue, all had been employed in earlier films. Citizen Kane, however, gathered them together in a particularly breathtaking, fluid, and consistent combination, with the result that looked and sounded extremely different from other pictures being made at the time. Practically every shot is visually remarkable in some way. Most notable are the powerful compositions by Orson Welles and cinematographer Greg Toland, in which items in the extreme foreground and background are in simultaneous razor-sharp focus. Um, What's more, Wells and Toland amplify the ways it could be used. The deep focus doesn't just look beautiful, it serves the story and the way audiences experience its telling. So, uh, and you know, I would I would concur <laughs> what Jeffrey Arnold has has to, has to say about this. This, I mean, that's always wowed me, you know, the, the technical things uh, about the film. And then just uh, with repeated viewings, being able just to appreciate it more, maybe get pulled a little bit out of the story and just really appreciate how remarkable all the things that, you know, that came together for this film. One of the things that consistently wows me and kind of boggles my mind, frankly, is that Orson Welles was 25 years old when he made this film. And what a tour de force. You know, I mean, <laughs> to be 25 and to be making making something like Citizen Kane, you know, it really does blow my mind. Um, a couple of other things just about some of the team. Uh, Bernard Herrmann, the great film composer, this, this the film score he did for Citizen Kane really launched his career. Uh, you know, the editor of Citizen Kane was Robert Wise. Robert Wise... Uh, you know, became a director. He directed The Sound of Music, among, <laughs> among many other really, you know, outstanding films. Uh, the only Oscar that the film received was for its screenplay, which was co-written by Wells and Herman Mankiewicz. And just FYI, Herman Mankiewicz is the grandfather to Ben Mankiewicz, who is the host of, the primetime host of, of uh, Turner Classic Movies. So, uh, 
Anyway, the film was not an initial success. And one of the main reasons, you know, because the film is about this newspaper, this fictional newspaper magnet, um, but it had a lot of similarities to William, William Randolph Hearst, and, uh, you know, who was a major newspaper magnet of the day. And he, um, he really blackballed this film, or uh, Hearst did, and he wouldn't let it be advertised or have any publicity put in his papers and did a lot to really uh, try to bring the movie down. So uh, the film was not particularly successful on its, you know, when it opened in theaters. Uh, it was critically acclaimed. I think critics appreciated it from what I've read. But it just didn't really do well. And part of that was because the word just wasn't getting out about it. Because uh, it just wasn't getting put in any Hearst newspapers, which, you know, and he owned many. So uh, the film, though, really came into its own in the early days of, of television. You know, it was a movie that they just got showed, showed a lot on, on, on TV because, um, you know, again, they just, I guess, allowed it to be. And, and uh, it was there it was on TV. And I've just heard multiple accounts of, of different people, you know, directors or critics or whatnot, you know, that was their first exposure to this film was watching it, watching it maybe late night or something on, on TV. So on uh, this round, because I was watching, I, you know, I rewatched it on, uh, on, on uh, TV. I had recorded it off of Turner Classic Movies and uh, where, it, you know, it's in, it's in a pretty regular rotation uh, on the TCM network, but, or channel, but, um, I just pictured myself like, I wonder what that must have been like, you know, here, here you're, you're used to some of these, these live programs and other things on TV. And then something like Citizen Kane comes on the television. <laughs> you're just like, what in the world? <laughs> what in the world is this? Um, where again, you're seeing all those, all that interesting cinematography and, and that interesting narrative that just kind of bounces all over the place. And, and, uh, anyway, uh, uh, I think it just it, it 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 probably would have knocked my socks off back in the day because it's just so different and so bold. And I, you know, I have to say that I'm 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 warming up to, to to more of this film, and I don't think I necessarily still would put it at the very top of my personal list of the best films ever made. But it's it's certainly up there, and again, a film that I that I really respect a lot. So. Uh, if you haven't seen it for a while, or if you haven't seen it at all, I, I'd, I'd suggest checking out uh, Orson Welles' classic film from 1941, Citizen Kane. Due to my schedule, I'm not going to be able to record a podcast for the next couple of weeks. So I just wanted to make you aware of some films that are opening up uh, through the month of May that might be of merit or uh, might be of interest to you. The uh, the live action slash photorealistic CGI version of Disney's Aladdin 
directed by Guy Ritchie, is opening up on May 24th. And that is, you know, going to be a, hopefully a very interesting film. <laughs> uh, I'll be, uh, you know, cautiously optimistic. I'm looking forward to checking it out and and seeing seeing um, what the, what they've done to, what they've done to it. Uh, I'm also particularly excited about uh, Godzilla: King of the Monsters, which opens up on May 31st. This, this of course, is just another. Another continuation of, of, of uh, the Godzilla story. It uh, in this one, Godzilla is fighting with Mothra, Rodan, and uh, King Ghidorah. So I'm really actually really excited uh, to see you know these these CGI versions of these monsters. I I have. A, a particular love for the for the Japanese Godzilla movies, you know, particularly I mean those ones they're they're so campy, but oh they're 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 so fun. This one I think is probably going to take itself more seriously, but let's just hope it's let's just hope it's super cool. So so uh, yeah, Godzilla King of the Monsters on on May thirty first. Also on May thirty first is Rocket Man, which is that Elton John biopic that stars Taron Egerton as Elton John and you know it could it could be interesting I uh I think in a way it's riding the wave of of uh Bohemian Rhapsody which you know highlighted the life of, of Freddie Mercury as well as the band Queen uh this differs in that Taron Egerton is doing his own vocals he he, he sings the Elton John songs. Uh, from from what I understand, the movie has the blessing of Elton John, so we'll see if it's if it's uh, if it's going to be any good. So that's that's Rocket Man on 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 May thirtieth. So uh, some stuff some stuff to look forward to, and then lots lots and lots of movies opening up in June. But I'll be I'll be back on the air <laughs> in June. So. Uh, Anyway, uh, summer movie season is upon us, and I think we've got, we definitely have some good stuff to look forward to. Thank you for listening to the Movies Past and Present podcast. Again, links and more information about all of the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. As always, I hope you will enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Until next time, thanks again. <laughs>